Welcome back to the another edition of the Para Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And Forty. G'day, fellas. And apologies if you can hear some uh, cocoa melon in the background. For all those parents out there who have Netflix, you might know what that is. Um, for everybody else, uh, enjoy some nursery rhymes. Um, <laughs> let's start. This will be a really short uh, show this week because um, there's not too much to touch upon. So we'll start first with the outcome in the Tasha Gales which saw the Eels going down 10 to Indigenous Academy, Roosters 22. Um, 40, some people from the Cumberland Throw might have been out there. Yeah, uh, Hamish and my the other Hamish and myself were out there at Mascot Oval, Mascot Field, no, Mascot Oval, um, out on Saturday because it was a double header with the Harold Matthews and the Tarshan Gale. And uh, this is a game that had the biggest uh, margin of de- or deficit for defeat across all three grades, but by the, by the same weird token, it was by far and away the game with the biggest silver lining. Uh, the Indigenous Roosters Academy were a grand finals last year, and they beat us 50 to nil in, I believe, round eight of the 2021 campaign. Sensational, a highly skilled team, great ball movement, speed everywhere, played such upbeat, up-brand football, and we just couldn't go with them at all during that contest. And on Saturday, we had their measure. Um, we, we really pushed them. Our goal line defense was desperate. It was uh, swarming stuff, which would have been hugely encouraging for the coaching staff. And I think more than just that, across the the court, like the the entirety of the field, we had a far more balanced team. Uh, last year, we had a lot of uh, sort of power football. We had Lasalio Sitapain, who was an absolute powerhouse in the middle and prop forward. And we really played around her strengths and we kept it really simple. But this team looks like they can do a bit of um, tough work through the middle and also shift the ball with, with uh, speed and precision. Um, I thought... In the back line, both wingers had um, nice little moments. Amina Kanj and Alicia Bell, they both scored. Uh, I liked what Talara Bamblett did in the halves at 5-8. She looks like she has a really nice presence there and can do the run-kick pass equally well. And then across, the, the entire forward pack was really strong, and that was led by the hooker, Ashley Pottinger. It, it was just a really good showing, and, and fair play to the Roosters. They ended up winning, and they're obviously another very good team this year. But this is uh, by far and away the most positive game I think I've seen our girls play even though we've won games in the past. This one really shows that they're looking to play a brand of football that could take them deeper into the season than it ever has before. Well, yeah, that's a positive outcome. We get a uh, women's team in the the higher-end comp. Um, I guess the only thing left is for the um, – what, what's the, the New South Wales Cup equivalent? The Harvey Norman Premiership, I think it is, the women's, women's yeah. premiership. Yeah. So yeah. We have like unofficial connections, I suppose, because we've got girls that play or women that play – across the teams there, but I don't think we have an official presence right now. Not yet. No, I think it's always been Wentworthville as fielded a team, but Parramatta itself has not. Correct. Um, all right. Well, you touched on a couple of um, unfortunate results. And before we get to results, uh, as listeners who have listened in the past might note, there's the Laurie Daly Cup and the Andrew Johns Cup running this year again, which is uh, sort of equivalent of the mats and the ball, but for uh, more regional areas, so like the Northern Rivers, Tigers, that, that sort of stuff. Um, unfortunately, Eels not fielding a team this year, so a bit of a restructure there, and um, um, we won't have a team. Yeah, I think uh, they've, in either they've, they've uh, if I recall correctly, talking to Joey Grimer on the tip sheet, they've done a place heavy emphasis on restructuring their talent squads and sort of the like the auxiliary squads to their junior rep, uh, junior reps pathways, so there's a lot more uh, sort of parameter in-house talent there. But it's coming, kind of I believe, at the expense of the Laurie Daly and Andrew Johns Cup. But I could be wrong about that. Right. Well, let's move on to something you will be right about: the Harold <laughs> Matthews Cup. Eels going down fourteen to twenty-two against the Roosters. Uh, what I heard back from Ham: completion rate at about thirty 
percent. And that feels like it was generous. This was a nightmare game for our boys. Um, It's hard to tell whether the Roosters were a really good team that are going to go on to be premiership contenders, uh, given just how badly we played. And it always sucks to sort of, you know, take that away from the opposition because you don't want to be, you know, saying they only won because we were terrible, but that really feels like a game where they only won because we were terrible. Um, we, we just could not get ourselves with any sort of foothold into this game. Every time we had any sort of momentum, there was a silly error or, you know, indiscretion uh, in terms of a penalty or something like that. And we actually went into halftime with the lead, uh, eight to six, I believe. And it looked like we were actually building to something maybe in the second half. Sort of just wrestled, we, we'd wrestled a little bit of ascendancy into that contest for the first time in that game. And then we came out after halftime and, and got done for a forward pass from the actual kickoff pass. And the Roosters would go on to uh, run away for the game the last 10 minutes. Uh, sorry, not last 10 minutes. The uh, From that point there where they, they actually scored from that set and then not the next set, but the set after, I think, if I, if I get my timeline right. And that just completely, you know, took momentum away from us. We uh, sort of, uh, fig- you know, sort of got into gear a little bit in the back end in the last five, ten minutes when you know it was desperation time. We started going back to our fundamentals a little bit more, but even then, the game was too far beyond us. So, just it's a hard game to describe because of those completions that we had. I feel like six or seven, maybe even eight, would have gone down as completions because the Roosters batted a pass down. And so we didn't actually even complete the set. It was by you know by care of a rooster's hand that the set was completed. Um, and in saying that, this is a very talented team. You could see when they held onto the ball, they were making huge inroads. Uh, got some real strike power on the edges. Uh, Michael Gabriel, someone that Ham pointed out in the preseason, and he looked very, uh, very, very good with the ball in hand. Um, the other side of the field, you had Junior Fagalele, who also was pretty handy with the ball in his possession. Um, Blaze Talangi has some great moments as well. Um, and it's a big forward pack that, uh, in particular, you know, big Sam Tuovati, I think he had three playable errors, which it's it's hard to recall any such game from him last year in Harold Matthews. He was outstanding. And just it was one of those days where a bit of inclement weather, um, round one can be a bit of a like an extended preseason game sometimes. And much like 2021, where Manly ran us down and we played a very sloppy game against them, it cost us that match, and it cost us this match. And last year, Manly would go on to be the best team in the, in the competition, beating us in the grand final. And I don't know about if the Roosters are going to be that team, but this felt like a game that we should have won. And then another Dow result in the SG ball, Roosters 14, Eels 8. Yeah, and not, I think this is a game that uh, we weren't there on hand to see because it was in the Central Coast at Maury Breen, um, clashing obviously with the other the doubleheader at Mascot, but... The feedback I got from this was this is very much a game that we should have won. Uh, we had the ascendancy again. Last 10 minutes, the Roosters scored uh, two tries to snatch the game and and we couldn't really answer. But those two tries came on the, if I recall this correctly, uh, Miller-Steven, our new fullback, had a, a, an unfortunate drop on a kick return, I think, or a kick defusal that led to a goal line possession for the Roosters who they were going to score. And in that following possession from the kickoff set, they went back to back. And that was what, took the game away from us. So some ill-discipline and, and timely errors there really hurting us. And yeah, this is, uh, once again, you don't know how it's going to affect the ladder going down the uh, to the sort of the money end of the season. But again, they should have won. Maybe it's going to hurt them in terms of seeding, but they've got a chance to get back on track next week against the, this week against the Bulldogs. And that wraps up the junior football. Um, so I think after that, we've just got a little bit of, uh, bit of news, don't we? Yeah, just some some... Bits and pieces of mostly pretty good news, I think. Nothing incredible, but lots of uh, you know, sort of thumbs up or, or pat in the back stuff for the club. Some good initiatives, some captaincy and whatnot. Yeah, well, let's start off with that. So the women's comp we referenced before. So uh, 
Tafua named the NRLW captain for the Eels. Um, you know a little bit about about, about Tafua? Yeah, she was from the she, she was last from Roosters, year, yeah, and was like really at the heart of that uh, grand final team that ended up falling just short to the uh, Brisbane Broncos. And I think she would have been for that reason. She would have been one of our real prime recruiting uh, recruitment targets because um, she brings a real edge to the middle of the field where she plays and is also uh, a very uh, vocal leader for the team. I think 60s had a chance to get down to their training, uh, I want to say Saturday week in reverse, and she uh, was a very spirited presence there, and you could see absolutely why she was elected the captain. She was uh, leading the girls by example and vocally, and I think she's going to be a, a big part of the reason why this program is going to hit the ground running in 2022. And added on from that, we touched on it last week, but uh, the how many um, five Indigenous women? Uh, sorry, well, I say Indigenous Indigenous or Maori women will be taking part in the Indigenous Maori game to take place on Saturday. Yeah, we've got four uh, four reps for the Maoris and one for the Indigenous, and I believe all our girls are starters because you've got Batil Veti Welsh at fullback, Josephi Daniels on one wing, uh, you've got Nita Maynard at dummy half and Kennedy Charrington starting at lock forward. And then on the Indigenous side, you've got in the back uh, in the front row, sorry, Tamima Kelly-Science. So, yeah, it's a fantastic representation for our girls and part of the reason why we should be so, I don't want to say confident, but looking forward to what they can do on the field this year. And then in other positive news, there was a late call-up for uh, an eel recruit from last year to play for the Maori team. Yeah. Wiramu Greg. Our big boy Wiramu Greg, who's looking very svelte, actually. He's, uh, there was an article, I think, in the telly today, uh, talking about how he's uh, down at a, a very trim 116, I think, kilos. And you can really see it. It's not like he's tiny or anything or, you know, gotten too skinny, but looking very fit. And I think the uh, same article implied that he was close to a new deal at the club, which is going to be fantastic. Shore up that middle forward depth. And he could be a bit of an impact player behind Reg and Junior in that front row rotation. And so just for that, the women's game kicks off at 20 past five, played at Combank Stadium, the new name for Parramatta Eels or or Parramatta Stadium, and uh, then 10 past eight for the male game. And Um, a quick quick shout out to Big Dave Kibwell, who's uh, coaching the Maori All-Stars, I believe. So that's another Parramatta rep there. Yeah, so if you're keen for some rugby league after a a long off-season, there you are. You can go watch a little bit um, there. Uh, now, junior reps will have some more in action this weekend, won't we? Yeah, it's a, officially it's a triple header out at uh, Carabatta, Parramatta's home stadium, uh, as it has been for a few years until the Kellyville Complex is ready to go. Um, so you've got all three junior reps grades from Matt's Ball and Gale, but it's technically a, a quadruple header because I believe one of our talent squads is uh, taken to the field first at 9 o'clock. So it's a massive day out at Cabra if you want to get out there, but it's also covered uh, by live stream officially by New South Wales Rugby League as well. Oh, so we're going to get the live stream. How yeah, does that? Yeah, so you know, uh, we, we'll stay tuned for links because I think it will be on the Daily Telegraph and I believe uh, the Facebook channel for uh, New South Wales Rugby League. So they'll post those links later in the week. But yeah, it's a great way to start that Saturday morning and catch what should be some pretty exciting games heading into that All-Stars doubleheader. All right, well, let's just run through it. So the Harold Mats will be taking place at 12 noon on that Saturday. Sorry, my computer just decided to freeze. Um, <laughs> Tasha Gales are at 10.30 earlier, as you said, out at New Era Stadium, and then running into the SG Ball, which takes place at 1.30, and you're right, runs pretty much into the women's game. Yeah. Um, the Bulldogs, how did they go in that first week of the comp? I believe uh, the Dogs won all three grades, if I recall correctly, from the ladder. Um quickly just have a gander at the ladders there. 
So in the ball, they won. In the mats, they won. And in the Tasha Gale, that's the Laurie Dowie, not the Tasha Gale, they won. Yeah, there you go. They won. So, okay. Yeah. So in the ball, uh, sorry, in the mats, 28-4 over the Rabbits. Then in the ball, they were 36-22 over the Rabbits. And then in the Tasha Gales, they were... Um, there it is, uh, 22-14 over the Rabbits. So you're right, three three wins. Yeah, um, so, the so the complete opposites. opposite. Yeah, but uh, that, that shouldn't concern us. It's very much a case of what we saw in round one. We've got to take care of our own house. And once you do that and you get those completion rates and uh, possession issues tidied up and you get into your structures better, I, I believe we honestly can take on anyone in all three grades. And just a other little bit of um, good news is that uh, NRLW will be kitted out. Um, mm. For this year, at least. Yeah. So the club put an announcement uh, yesterday, I believe. Yeah, Wednesday, saying that the inaugural NRLW team has filled out every single sponsor kit on the uh, strip, which means they've gotten uh, one, two, three, four, five, six sets of sponsors, which I believe include our uh, principal NRL sponsor Aland, Lad Bible, Macron, uh, Trivet Subaru, Motion Asia Pacific, and McDonald's. So that's an incredible achievement for an inaugural squad and it really bodes well for the women's space doesn't it that there's this sort of corporate support because as we've seen in other codes uh, obviously you need fans to turn out but corporate support is what really can drive or be the engine for prog- uh, progress in that space all right well i think unless there's anything else really to to cover i, d- I don't think there's much uh, there's, there's some, to discuss there's some bits and pieces uh, the club announced earlier this week that us, they and the Cronulla sharks are going to be ramping up the johnny manor cup support into the johnny manor walk for lymphoma um, which involves walking from Combank Stadium to Points Bet Stadium, which is not a short walk, by the way. I think it's in the vicinity of 35 kilometres, um, in order to raise funds for lymphoma research. So obviously Johnny, having played for both clubs, a Parramatta Junior and an NRL rep for the Sharks, passed away with lymphoma, Tim Manor's younger brother. Um, and there's already the Manor Foundation, but this is obviously taking that to the next, uh, the next, the next level. Um, and I think there's some NRL stars that have put their names down in support for the walk. Luke Lewis, Ben Ross... Jeremy Lattimore, Adam Dykes, Jonathan Docking, and Craig Gower, as well as uh, the CEOs of both clubs, Jim Sarantinos and Dino Mezzatetsta. Sorry, Dino. So, yeah, that's a, a core initiative. I believe that's going to happen for round two. Yeah, it's going to lead into the round two clash. And then on beyond that, mate, I don't really think there's there's much NRL news, is there? It's been a... Not really. It's, it's been, been very a, quiet off-season. Yeah, season. For, for, for the better in the case of the NRL, because usually <laughs> this time of year there's some uh, silly shenanigans or bad press coming some clubs' way, but... Usually Australia Day where they get a bit loose, yeah. but um, it seems to be with the uh, the restrictions. Well, I guess restrictions are pretty limited with COVID, but I'm sure that all the clubs are saying, well, everybody's had it now, so let's try not get it again. Exactly. So next week's going to be fun, though, because we're going to have the team announced for the St. George Illawarra trial, which is our first home trial in God knows how long out at Combank. So it's going to be very exciting. Obviously, we have the round two junior results, and yeah, and then that NRL trial is where we can really start diving into the nitty-gritty of who's going to compete for those bench spots, who's going to be a big mover or shaker. You know, we've always, we always tend to have one or two players come out of a preseason making some noise that, you know, we weren't expecting Makahesi Makatoa, Zai Papali'i, guys that were examples last year. So, yeah, looking forward to what we can see heading into that game against the Dragons. All right. Well, um, I think this might be the shortest podcast I think we've yeah. ever done. Sub, <laughs> sub 20 minutes by some margin too. So keeping it short and sweet, but... That's the nature of the beast, isn't it? There's just even though there is junior reps on, there's just not much else in terms of the NRL. I legit spoke three words this podcast. Yeah, you, you, did, I just you say, did the intro, and then you got to just sit back and get your paycheck for doing nothing. 
<laughs> oh no man I was going to say Bertie just don't forget the 14th of February I know you've got your eyes set on that date it's a big occasion and of course we're talking about the Super Bowl so let's not oh. forget about it oh man I can't wait for it it's pretty uh, it, it just cool. it's just fitting it's in um, LA you know it's a big market and yeah I, I, I reckon honestly the Rams are going to win they have to they've don't, been go, all in don't, don't let the Rams win come on smoking Joe Smoking they've been, they've yeah. been all in since bloody 2017, you know, and yeah. if they don't go in, they'll burn the joint down. It, it shows you how abusable the systems are in the NFL, though, in terms of the salary cap and, and trades and whatnot. You can just kick debt down the road. You can manipulate uh, picks for, for trades without yeah. too much concern about reshoring or restocking depth because, you know, once you've got the stars and you can just sign guys off the street that are going to want to well, play for stars. I was talking to a mate about this. Like, I think – all the American sports, there's no such thing as like a Super Bowl window or Premiership window because, as you said, with the amount of like turnover you can do, it's so easy you can flip it on the switch, you know. Well, NRL and AFL, like how like how often do you see like like that's why right now it's so much pressure on us because our window is now. Yeah, like good. we're not trading players, so like mm-hmm. uh, like you look at the Bengals at the beginning of the year, no one tipped them to win, you know, the AFC North. Now there's a chance to win the Super Bowl. I just feel as though shows you the, the yeah the power of early picks in a draft like that, and when you can get a NRL obviously hasn't got a position as influential as quarterback, although halfback mm. is fairly close and dummy half as well. But uh, quarterbacks are so influential, and if you have a chance to get a guy like Joe Burrow uh, or Patrick Mahomes, obviously before him, um, it makes it is literally a, a franchise defining moment, isn't it? And just in the NRL, it's so much harder to do that, and it's so much harder to rebuild. And it's why you see a lot of clubs perpetually stuck in mediocrity. And we, we meme on the West Tigers, but they're a prime example of it where you can't just tear it down and rebuild with draft picks. You're kind of forced yeah. to try and overhaul the culture with a, a great coach that you somehow recruit. Or in their case, they just keep running through coaches and it becomes this sort of never-ending Ouroboros cycle. I mean, the Bulldogs are trying to open up their premiership window now, but if they don't win, if they don't win one in the next couple of years, it's a waste because they're spending all this money. So mm. I, I don't know. It's just, it's a bit... And NFL, like you get a bit happy with the draft picks. Like, like I said to my mates, like the Packers, you know, you're more perfect example. Ah, uh, Hamish, they've been in the Super Bowl window since they last won it, you know, and that's been what ten years now. Or, you know, I'm not taking shots, but to be in the window that NFC long, championships lost. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like to keep that squad intact and like not lose any um talent. Well, it's like, been regenerated. Like you know, I think you saw that Mike McCarthy's last two years. That was yeah, regenerated. We a- just lucked. With having a really good coach come in, yeah, Lafleur was obviously an inspired selection for the new head coaching role, and that really revitalised the franchise. Because, like you said, under McCarthy, they'd sort of hit still water, hadn't they? And were a bit stagnant. But uh, it shows you the power of a coach. That obviously Lafleur came in and just completely energised that entire team. Had a good uh, recruitment drive. What do we think of the new uh, team name, the Commandies? Oh, what are the Commanders? Commandos, whatever. Commandos. (laughs) There's this great drop on um, one of the. Uh, NFL podcast I listened to and it's got um, you know Washington there's a lot of commanders in the uh, the Pentagon there <laughs> it's like <laughs> is that really how they came up with the probably <laughs> probably uh, oh, what about you can't really shorten it it's it's a very long name Washington the, the commies the commies 28 <laughs> characters yeah I don't know it's uh, what about uh, Alvin Kamara got a, um, arrested yeah, oh at the Pro Bowl man that's yeah. awesome mate that's exactly like Russell Packard did the exact same thing or similar you know yeah. you know you should have a guy and he got, you know, he got prison time. So, mate, I don't know. He's probably, Saints, gonna, he's probably going to settle for six figures out of court, though. The guy will just get a, you know, a little golden handshake for getting belted in the face. But yeah, that that I saw in black humor. That was the hardest hit of the Pro Bowl weekend. Uh, oh yeah, so they're not taking it seriously. <laughs> yeah. He put off getting arrested so he could yeah. play in the Pro Bowl. Like, seriously, 
Do you reckon um, do you reckon they should scrap the pro ball? Like, I don't mind the activities. I, I like, like the, I like the skill drills. That that's actually yeah. fun, and I feel like the players enjoy the skill drills. But clearly, no one gives yeah. a shit about the game anymore, and they haven't for a no. long time. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, I think we might wrap it up there, boys, before we start going too long. Yeah, because that, that's yeah. about twenty-one yeah, minutes. Exactly, twenty-one minutes. Blackjack. That's good enough. Too easy. All right, boys, we'll catch you next week on the next Para Podcast, and hopefully, Ham's back for it. Yeah. Ciao, ciao. Have a good one. We raise our voices to the sky.